At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you, a tradition like any other. A tradition unlike any other, I should say. Already botched that. The show after the Super Bowl. Good morning to you. Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Slink, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It is Gil Alexander. That is Jeffrey Parlay. Drew Densick will join us momentarily to talk uh, Super Bowl 56 with us. So will Jason Weingarten. Jason Weingarten was at SoFi, went to, the par- went to the Rams after party last night. I'm not sure if he got any sleep. So we'll talk to him. And apparently Dan Bespris showing up to talk a little basketball to at some point, which is uh, curious. I think we made that decision on Saturday. That seems odd now. But we'll do that as well. Uh, What do you say, man? The L.A. Rams, congratulations, Super Bowl champions, as they get it done first time in L.A. since the greatest show on turf. Uh, They had won, well, that's the first one in L.A., period. Remember, the St. Louis Rams was the greatest show on turf. So that's their first Super Bowl as the L.A. Rams. They get it done first Super Bowl championship, 23-20 over the Cincinnati Bengals, the Rams' money line gets home. The Bengals against the spread gets home. The under gets home. Talking about the big three anyway, and obviously props galore after that. Um, but what a, what a strange football game. And I'll just, the only part we'll, we'll sort of do the uh, autopsy on, because we always do autopsies here on the show after playoff games. We'll just get to the end of it, and we'll go through the last couple drives of it. But Sean McVay, who is is rumored to perhaps, by some reports, be stepping away after this. We'll see. Who knows the veracity of those rumors. That would be John Madden-esque of him if he did that, won a Super Bowl title, then moved to the broadcast booth. By the way, if you're Sean McVay, why wouldn't you? But I just think they win in spite of him. Just He mismanaged everything. First of all, remember, he's mismanaged games during the whole postseason. I just felt like he mismanaged this whole thing. Didn't matter in the end. The Rams still prevailed. Uh, the end of the first half, the third and one before the two-minute warning. We're sitting here on the betcast. Matt Brown, Mike Pritchard, Kelly Bidlin, and I were like, don't run a play. Don't run a play. There's no need to run a play. Why are you running a play? It's third and one. Not only do they run a play on third and one, but instead of just running the football, it's Stafford you know, with way too much time. Remember, that was the thing with Stafford all year. When he's blitzed, he's great. When he has way too much time, bad things happen. And he throws the pick to Bates in the back of the end zone. How about Hargraves coming off the bench, by the way, for the Bengals in his uh, <laughs> his sweats to celebrate that? Uh, that's a Thurman Thomas, I can't find my helmet moment etched in history. So that, that was the first one. We're like, why'd they run a play there? It results in a pick. 
By the way, that was a, that was facing a two-for-one situation as well for the Bengals, so it could have been stupid egregious. Um, but they get away with it because the Bengals don't score at the be- at the end of the first half. They do, as it turns out, at the beginning of the second half. But they get away with it for the time being. Remember, he had to waste timeouts earlier. Remember, we had Paul Carr on last week saying they've kept a stat since the year 2018. Who has the most meaningless, the most unnecessary timeouts? Sean McVay by a mile. That happened. Remember, 13 to 10 still, second and 10. The Rams 41. This is oh, this is a this wasn't a Sean McVay thing, but this was. This was Cooper Cup late in that first half on the last sequence, not getting out of bounds. But then Sean McVay, after an incomplete pass, after the Cup not getting out of bounds, fourth and one with 12 seconds left in the first half. They don't go for it there. Could have probably run a play. Bengals couldn't have done anything but throw a Hail Mary if they fail. That wasn't aggressive at all. End of the third quarter. Remember at the end of the uh, remember the two-minute warning, they run a play stupidly before the, the uh, two-minute warning. That results in a pick. Well, the end of the third quarter, they're trailing. And they let the clock go to 0-0, trailing 20-16. to So just no consistency whatsoever. He keeps running the football, right? Total conservative, 23 carries for 43 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. Yes, there was the OBJ injury. I get it. That's not his fault. But no ability to adjust on the fly until that very final drive when the Bengals, I think, kind of let him off the hook. And the Rams, minus two in turnovers before that game yesterday, Super Bowls, the team with fewer turnovers was 38-6 and six straight up in Super Bowls. They overcome all that and are Super Bowl champions. Congratulations to those who had the Rams money line, those who had Rams futures as well, and especially congratulations to those who had Rams futures and took the Bengals plus the points. I had Bengals plus the points, and I in-game them, Jeff, right at the two-minute warning. When, when Stafford threw that pick, two minutes left in the first half, I grabbed the Bengals plus three and a half. Both of those worked out. The no uh, touchback on the kickoff, not so much. As Brandon Powell, Mike Pritchard said it, he goes, he had to have been Sean McVay, and that should have been the first sign of Sean McVay's nittiness, to use a poker term. Brandon Powell must have been told, if that ball even goes one inch over your head, do not return it. Because he's right at the goal line. That ball kind of was like one, two yards into the end zone. Didn't, didn't make any play for it. So that was when you knew. I was like, oh, here comes Sean McVay's already making edicts to his team. His play calls were, t- were horrific. Uh, Ramsey had the worst game of his career. Again, minus two in turnover, still won the Super Bowl. Uh, let's go to the, the final sequence, though, Jeff. Let's go to it. So first of all, the, the Bengals score on the very first play of the second half where T. Higgins absolutely wrenches Jalen Ramsey's head. Ramsey's head turns. We went to Mike Pereira on the BetCast. He absolutely corroborated that should have been a flag, no question. And so for most of that second half, you're talking about the NF, we're talking about the officials, like Walt Anderson back in New York going like, I really hope the game doesn't end with the Bengals winning this based on that non-call. That's what Pereira said. Uh, and then you get down to uh, you get down to the end, third and nine. So let's go to 622 left. It's 20 to 16 Bengals, third and nine from their own 40, 622 left, up 20 to 16. Tyler Boyd drops the pass over the middle. He didn't have a single dropped pass all season. Heard the footsteps, the proverbial footsteps. If he catches that, it's a first down, takes a whole bunch more time off the clock, and they're about one more move of the chains away from Evan McPherson field goal range to go up at least seven, let alone more than that perhaps. 
so they have to punt. From the OBJ injury, from the Odell Beckham Jr. injury in the second quarter all the way to that moment, the Rams had 84 yards of total offense. From the Beckham injury to that moment in the game, 84 yards of total offense, 3.2 yards per play. That's it. Rams didn't have a first down on six of their previous seven drives before this final drive, which started with uh, just over six minutes left. 5.44 left. It's third and one from their own 29, down 20 to 16, acres stuffed. Fourth and one at their own 30. A game with many big plays, probably the biggest of them all. Five minutes left. Cup on the sweep, on the jet sweep for seven yards. Jeff, did you think the uh, jet sweep was going to get stopped there? Did you think Cup was going to get bottled up on the jet sweep, fourth and one? For a moment, I thought he might have been. No, I didn't. I didn't think so because it was any. As long as they didn't run the ball up the gut with a running back, which did not work every single time that they did it, except for a play that you're getting to later. But I'd been waiting all game for them to call a play like that, and it worked. Cup Cup had disappeared, and then all of a sudden, this drive. There's a jet sweep to convert the fourth down deep in their own territory. Two plays later, second and ten at their own 37. 431 left. Stafford to Cup for eight. Three plays later, second and seven at the Cincinnati 46. 306 left. Stafford's no look pass to Cup for 22. Cooper Cup said after the game, "That's Stafford's best no look of the season. What a dime that was. Bullet. Next play, first and ten at the Cincinnati 24. 224 left. Stafford to Cup for eight. And again, strangely, the Rams run a play on the north side of the two-minute warning. Works out for them. Acres, rush, first down, 155 left. So for those who bet that prop, hey, will there be a stoppage of the two-minute warning that doesn't land on the two-minute warning? Could have been a big payday for those who went the other way on that and said, yeah, there will be one that's not on the two-minute warning. Then, incomplete, incomplete. Third and goal from the eight, 147 left. And this is the whole game. Logan Wilson called for the hold on Cooper uh, on Cooper Cup. I mean, that's the thing you call this whole game had six total penalties in the end. To that point, there was only four total penalties in the game, and you call that? That's when the flag comes out. Mike Pereira, who was on with us on the Betcast yesterday, again formal and former NFL official former VP of the officiating in the NFL, he said, absolutely, that should not have been a flag. Mike Pritchard suggested it was a makeup call for the non-call on Higgins and his touchdown with Ramsey. That Pereira recoiled on. He said, oh, I don't like that word. <laughs> Seemed kind of makeup-y to me. I would go with Pritch on that. But that, I mean, if they don't get that call, we, we're here this morning maybe talking about a Bengals Super Bowl win because it would be fourth and goal at the eight. Who knows? We don't know. We don't know. As Sugar, genuinely don't know. As Ray Leonard said to Marvin Hagler the first time they thought they were going to fight, but unfortunately it will never happen because we're never going to know. By the way, the entire Rams offensive line moved a beat before that snap anyway. Also. So they get away with that too. Offsetting penalties, next play, unnecessary roughness, and the holding. Remember the unnecessary roughness, Cup getting just mauled in the back of the end zone. But that offsets. Then the P.I. on Eli Apple on Cup. That was a good call. First and goal to Cincinnati 1, 135 left. Stafford sneak, no gain. Cincinnati has to use a timeout. Were you doing the whole thing, Jeff, where you were like, I don't know, what should they do? Should they let them score? Should they not? What should they do? That was a conundrum for the Bengals at that point. Because they were almost better off on the next play that the Rams did score. Stafford to Cup for the touchdown, 129 left to make it 23-20. to That wasn't the worst outcome for the Bengals there at that point. Because you're like, oh, well, if you're the Bengals, you're like, well, at least they scored early. 
they were actually best off if the one where Cup got his head caved in on the back of the end zone if there wasn't a hold. Right. That would have been the best-case scenario. This was the second best. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or third best, I should say. 15 plays, 79 yards, that drive for the Rams. 46 of those 79 yards from Cup, especially, you know, culminating with the touchdown. Bengals' last drive, 17 to Chase. Ramsey bit on that one. Nine to Boyd. Second and one incomplete pass to Chase. Third and one, P. Ryan stuffed by Donald for no gain. What a tackle. And then fourth down, Burrow in shotgun, spun around by Donald. He throws it in the air in desperation. Close to P. Ryan, but not close enough. Bingo, bango, Rams, your Super Bowl champions, 23 to 20. Cooper Cup is your MVP. We'll talk about whether that was justified. Will McVay step away? What the odds are for the Super Bowl next next year? Are the Bengals a lock to get back? Ooh, that's a whole discussion. My goodness, what a game it was. Drew Dinsick will join us next. All his thoughts. He was on Radio Row as well. He's got thoughts about that. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. It, that's BetMGM Sports. Mark me there. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. We got a bunch of tweets this morning. We'll have to get to them as well during the show. One of which has to do with uh, the prop that we had, uh, you know, will an extra point be missed? No. No is the correct answer on this. The box score, there is no extra point missed. There was no, it's, it's ruled a two-point conversion. Uh, never, you know, Matt Gay never got to take a whack at that. Hecker, by the way, just completely botched the snap. Just like he had it, he caught it, he put it down. And did uh, did Pat McAfee talk about balls being slippery in the Super Bowl because he just couldn't do it? And um, and that play statistically goes into oblivion. So it's not a pick from Hecker. It's it's not a pick by the Bengals either. It just goes into the netherworld. And so that's that's that. That's how it should be graded. Though I hear there's some controversy on that in some spots. Why? 
it's a point like points bet. I want to say graded it incorrectly the first way. That's interesting because yeah. I had I had a uh, I had a Matt Gay to miss a kick prop. Yeah, that of course was correctly graded as as yeah. a loser because yeah. he never got a boot on it. Oh, the Super Bowl. Oh, it's grading all the props. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe he did very well. I know he's a Rams guy. He is, of course, the co-host of not only the Deep Dive podcast, but also NBC Sports Bet the Edge podcast. He was on Radio Row the whole week before. It's Drew Densick at Whale underscore Capper. I know you're feeling good this morning, Drew. How you doing, man? Uh, enjoying this beautiful Monday. Great to be on with you guys. <laughs> Look at the I, I, I appreciate that you moved my spot from Tuesday to Monday. So we could really get into the nuances of the Felix Auger alias team. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, his, his finally taking a title for the first time in nine tries. He wins a singles men's slam had I mean, never, singles men title on tour had never yep. won a set in any of his previous eight finals. That's yep. all Drew and I are going to yep. talk about this morning. Yep. Ten. By the way, <laughs> what a great Delray beach. Delray Beach coming up. Dude, Delray Beach, Delray Beach up. this week. Uh, the the women are in Dubai. More morning. I've already won a, had a winner with Pagula this morning. I'll have a couple tennis picks later. Uh, I'm going on vacation after this, so the two picks are for tomorrow. One on the men's side in Delray. One on the ladies' side in Dubai. Uh, is that a Cooper Cup jersey you're wearing? It is. Yes. This was lucky Jersey. I wore it all day yesterday. Number 10, my guy, Cooper cup. Okay. Uh, absolutely. What a bailout. <laughs> what, what a bailout for everyone involved. He, the he, Cooper cup is just the cheat code in the fourth quarter. He was the total cheat code. The Bengals just seem to change up, right? There's like, we're going to double the whole t- Had I told you beforehand, because here's what I admitted yesterday. If you had come to me and said, okay, Gil, here's the deal. OBJ is going to get hurt in the second quarter. Do you think it will massively affect the Rams offense to their detriment, largely the rest of the game? And I would have said, well, it'll affect them, but like it won't completely crush them. I was shocked by how anemic the Rams became after that. Were you? I mean, a little bit. It looked like it definitely caught them by surprise and, I mean, I, I think of over the balance of the McVay tenure and, and Rams games in general, like they haven't had a lot of change-ups, curveballs, uh, ways to you know modify on the fly. They sort of come into a game with the plan A um, and maybe a plan, you know, may, you know, maybe a plan B. But uh, it seemed like Odell Beckham Jr. was plan A for most of that first half. And yeah, when he went down, there was an inability there for them to to find another guy to to really get the ball to. And the fact that it, I mean, besides Cup you know, bailing them out as we were talking about in that fourth quarter, like you got a surprisingly important plays out of Hopkins in this game. Yes. Um, and I'll be honest, they went to a, they went to a shot uh, as the Rams were coming out of the tunnel pregame and Hopkins is trotting down the tunnel. And I'm like, Oh wow. Bryson Hopkins is dressing. Good for him. <laughs> you know, and he had catches. Like, Oh, cool. Oh, he's, he's going to dress. Good, he, for, good he, for that guy. He did better I, than, know, I thought, yeah, he did yeah, better than Skarnick did or Skarnick. Oh, yeah, that yeah. guy. Oof. Yes. Seriously. Ooh. I'm glad he got the, uh, glad he got the hook. Um, but yeah. yeah, the fact that Hopkins uh, was f- targeted four times, mostly in the second half of this game, caught four passes for 47 yards. Um, you know, sometimes you need those totally uh, un, un, unexpected players to step up in the biggest game uh, and make that difference. But uh, you know, the fact that Cooper cup was able to um, sort of now be the deciding factor in two of the um, you know, Rams playoff wins, obviously like 
you know, they go to him twice at the end of that Bucks game, ends up making the difference in the game. And similarly, um, you know, they went, they called his number on the fir- on the key fourth down conversion on the ground that kept that drive alive. I thought was absolutely enormous. Uh, he got the one rush temp for the seven yards in that spot. And, um, and yeah, yeah. obviously uh, he caught the, he caught the game winning touchdown twice, twice eight. So again, from the OBJ injury to the last Rams drive, they had 84 total yards of offense, 3.2 yards oh. per play on the last drive Thanks. alone. They had 79 yards, 46 accounted for by Cooper cup. You had no problem. You were, you were, you believe Cooper cup being MVP was the correct choice. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I mean, it was a team effort really all told you could, you could have tapped, tapped a number of guys, but uh, certainly with the high leverage play plays on that, in that final drive all went to cup in my opinion. So Jeff, uh, Jeff, you you the same, you're okay. I'm fine with it. You're okay with cup being MVP as well. I think Donald should have won, but I don't have a problem with Cub getting it. You know what's so interesting, Drew, is that the, the whoever you're watching games with really does influence. <laughs> so we didn't have the we didn't have any of the audio, right? So the Betcast, Mike Pritchard, yeah. Matt Brown, Kelly Bill, and I, we were convinced Matthew Stafford was going to win MVP. We were convinced oh. of it because we're just like, well, there's no other choice really. Like Cup had disappeared for the whole game until the last drive. Like that's how we were processing it. Donald was great. He probably Probably is the MVP, but they're not going to give it to him, right? That kind of thing didn't happen that yeah. way. I think if Stafford only has one of the two picks, um, he's probably your MVP. If he's three touchdowns, zero picks, he's certainly the MVP. Uh, I think the fact that he basically opened the door by throwing the two interceptions on the stat sheet. Now, yeah, that as one you wasn't his game, fault, right? One of them the, wasn't. His yeah, fault. one of them definitely wasn't his fault. I mean, he he threw it a little in front of the guy, but it wasn't really his fault. The and the other one was basically an arm punt. Uh, yes. But you know, it felt like it felt like if they had had a little bit more creative play call there. Uh, and again, like you want to talk about living on the edge, like this Rams team, like, I don't know why they have to do it. So ugly. Um, you know, they, they only know how to win one way apparently in these high leverage games, but well, do you um, agree with my premise that they win in spite of McVay? Like he just, it's with, Oh, without question, without a doubt. But like, here's the weird, funny thing about all this. Like, you know, you know, this, we've talked about this, I'm sure in great detail on some of the off season stuff, preseason stuff, but like you have a lot of roles and responsibilities as the head coach. And while on one hand I was screaming at my friends during that game, like fire McVay into the sun, like these, these early down runs that are just exceptionally predictable and have no hope of success. Like you're literally wasting downs here. Why are you doing this? Like, you know, none of us could figure it out. And yet at the same time they win in spite of him is absolutely true. But you know, you have to do a lot of things as a head coach and we shouldn't look past the fact that McVay now in like three straight seasons has lost hugely important assistant coaches. He turned over almost the entire coaching roster between last season and this season. Uh, and the guys he brought in, it's not like the guys that are leaving this program are schmucks. They're going to super bowls with their other teams yeah. and, or they're kind of making news as, you know, kind of the next up and coming coaching classes here. And, uh, and so, yeah, the fact that he can bring in new assistants on the fly, get them caught up, uh, have everybody clicking in perfect unison for these games in terms of preparation and game plan. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do out there. Uh, in general, his scheme is pretty outstanding when it comes to you know, creating guys, you know, space for guys in the passing game. Uh, and yes, he has a cheat code on the field and Cooper cup, which obviously helps. But um, these statistics from yesterday were absolutely absurd. They, they conceded something to the tune of 10 points against 
in terms of uh, uh, negative EPA per play rush attempts, which is almost impossible. And then on top of <laughs> that, incredible. like they consistently put their passing offense in positions where they had to make very, very, very difficult third down and fourth down completions. And they did it time into time out. Like their late down pass EPA per play uh, 0.46 points added uh, per play on the pass on third and fourth down in this game. Like that is absolutely absurd. And if you want to kind of point to that and say, you know, for those reasons, Stafford really deserved it. I will listen to that argument, but honestly, like they put their offense in an extremely difficult spot. They put their whole team in a difficult spot. Uh, and uh, sure enough, uh, coming yeah. away with a three point win in that game was pretty incredible. And, but, if, I, uh, and if I'm being fair, the, there's the Odell Beckham jr. Injury mid game, right? Higby was inactive. Uh, Robert Woods, not on the team anymore, right? Cause of injuries. I mean, it, it's not all, yeah, you're right. I mean, you have to be fair, but joy, his in game decision-making and, and the ultimate cheat code is Cooper, you have an ultimate cheat code on both sides of the ball. You have the Cooper Cup cheat code, but let's face it, you have Aaron Donald, who might be just the greatest defensive player we've seen since Lawrence Taylor. Uh, it's just incredible what he's able to do. That third down stop on P. Ryan. By the way, the whole thing with P. Ryan in the game on third down for the Bengals. What are we doing? <laughs> and then, of course, the fourth down play to seal the deal. Uh, Aaron Donald, the 13th pick in the draft. Uh, back in 2014. I think I'll read the names of who was drafted before him after the break. Oh, no. Uh, we'll do that. <laughs> More with Drew in a moment, uh, including his thoughts on Radio Row. Coming back, Numbers Game, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. In case you missed it, our own Brent Musburger sat down with legendary sports better Billy Walters for only his second public interview. Remember, he did one with 60 minutes over 10 years ago. Well, we got number two, and it's up on VSIN.com, the full hour of this exclusive interview with one of the most feared sports betters of our time. Currently available on the website. Watch the full interview for free whenever you want, only exclusively on vcin.com. Skill Alexander, uh, we're just, uh, you know, the Rams deserve all the credit in the world for going all in. Uh, usually when you go all in, it doesn't work out. But uh, whether it was Jalen Ramsey, whether it's Vaughn Miller, and of course Matthew Stafford being the biggest example uh, via trade, going all in. How's Jared Goff feeling this morning, by the way? Uh, the Rams deserve all the credit, but their two cheat codes, as we have referred to them, were homegrown drafted. Uh, and Aaron Donald was the 13th pick in the 2000. 14 draft. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like when you go through the names before him, it could have been a lot worse. So it was Jadavian Clowney, pro bowler. The Rams had the second pick in the draft. And they picked Greg Robinson, offensive tackle from Auburn. That might be the worst. So they actually bailed themselves out 11 picks later. Uh, Blake Bortles drafted by the Jaguars, Sammy Watkins by the Bills. But then, you know, it's like Khalil Mack. Pro Bowler, Jake Matthews, Pro Bowler, Mike Evans, Pro Bowler. This is probably the worst of the bunch. The Cleveland Browns at eight went with Justin Gilbert at cornerback. And that was bad. That was bad. But then also Pro Bowlers, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham Jr., who ends up with the Rams, and then Donald. So not the worst. How about Cooper Cup, third-round draft choice in the 2017 draft? And so let's just go through the wide receivers pick before him. Again, like, not awful. I was expecting a much worse list. Corey Davis... Mike Williams, well, it's not great either, right? But you get the idea. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, doop a doop a doop a doop a doop a doop a doop. Zay Jones, Curtis Samuel. Now we're in the second round already, and then it goes all the way to Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster, 
and then Cup. So, like, not the worst list. It could have been a lot worse. John Ross is pretty bad, but yeah, injuries but... kind of destroyed his career. But, look, you, you are right. All things considered, those lists are not, like, horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Granted, we were talking about this during the break because – Cup and Chris Godwin both went in the third round in that 2017 draft. The guys in between Cup and Godwin, now those are the names that are really bad. Not real human beings, you think? Not- now, there's one guy legitimately yeah. that the Broncos took <laughs> that I legitimately yeah, we, don't remember. We think they're making it up. Drew Didzik uh, rejoins us. Whale underscore Capper from the Deep Dive podcast, which he does with Andy Molitor. And, of course, uh, also uh, Bet the Edge with Sarah Perlman over there at NBC Sports. Uh, Drew, before we uh, any other thoughts on the game, I, I want to go back to Radio Row because you were on Radio Row the week before, and you had some you had some thoughts about it. Well, yeah, but although now you got me worked up talking about the draft, I want to talk draft props, oh, man. Yeah. It's draft props well, okay. season now. Okay, man. well, since, you, since, <laughs> no, I, since I but no, since I, you swayed for one second, I do have something to say about the draft. <laughs> yeah, is there any price you wouldn't lay? on the Cincinnati Bengals to draft an offensive lineman first. <laughs> like, I mean, that I mean, has to fair, be. Fair uh, prices in the minus 50,000 range, probably. Unless they know. sign via free agency beforehand, right? That would that would alter it maybe a little bit. But you got to figure. Whew. Yeah, and this, uh, this is a trench-rich draft, for what it's worth. Uh, a lot of good tackles, a lot of deep, got a good defensive players. Uh, this is going to be, that they'll, they'll be the uh, standout uh, names that we talk about as we get closer to draft day. Yeah, Burrow sacked nine times by the Titans, seven times yesterday. That's 16 in those two games alone, 19 in the postseason. By far the record of the postseason. Um, <laughs> just unbelievable. He got sacked seven times in the Super Bowl. Only Roger Staubach sacked as many times back in Super Bowl Ten. Incredible. There were two other games where there were seven sacks, but not on one quarterback. Um, okay, so yeah. there was one outfit that stood above the rest at Radio Row. Who was it? Well, I mean, it was like it was generally a lot quieter than I ever would have guessed. Um, there's definitely of you know like. There's a lot of downtime <laughs> between a half hour here, a half hour there, where you're creating content and everything else. You're just sort of, uh, uh, you know, checking things out, walking around, going to the fan experience and, and you know, kind of seeing if anyone else needs any help doing anything. And, um, you know, it was a kind of slow growth through the week in terms of people showing up and people being around. Uh, but uh, there was consistently the buzz around the FanDuel setup. Holy smokes. And in general, buzz around sports betting. Uh, it felt like, uh, you know, huge pivot of a lot of the f- folks there uh, wanted to talk about sports betting right out of the gate. And, um, you know, it felt like a little bit of a sea change in terms of uh, just in general how the media uh, is going about covering the game. And, um, you know, it's it wouldn't shock me if in, you know, in, in uh, you know, five years Radio Row is just every kind of hybrid sportsbook media company kind of all, uh, you know, set up there and, and sort of the traditional players aren't as big a part of it anymore. That that seems like the direction we're heading with all this. And, um, you know, it was uh, it was fascinating to see it. But it was but it was really McAfee, right? It wasn't really it, well, more yeah, than yeah, anything. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Let's right. Ma- the McAfee's cult production had wild gravity. Like ev- yeah. everybody that was coming through, that's where they stopped to watch like what was going on in the show. All, of, you know, but just live shots of the athletes, like the most energy for sure too. But uh, yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I think, and I, and I think a lot of people, uh, you know, d- d- even among the athletes set, like they're, they, they, they were paying attention to the type of numbers McAfee's now getting compensated for creating this content. And I think, uh, you know, in large part, there'll be, um, you know, some, some, serious momentum in the industry that shifts in that direction. Uh, just to, so we're sort of just riffing off things that happened. One, the, the, the botched extra point, 
which ends up as a, a botched two-point conversion in the box score, that, that kept it at 13-3. to You know, we always joke, we're like, oh, that won't come back to haunt teams, right? And I think that dictated the whole rest of the game, right? So even if you believe, oh, well, it gave the Bengals a little boost to score a touchdown right after that, if you believe in that kind of thing. But just generally, it, it, it left the Bengals with a four-point lead late, right, as opposed to a three-point lead. Where So the Rams had to get it in the end zone. It also kept the game within three after they did so that the Bengals could still have gotten there with an Evan McPherson field goal. So everything after that stemmed from that. But the, I think what I wanted to ask you more than that was, because we had Mike Pereira on with the BetCast yesterday, the hold on Logan Wilson, because there had been so few flags thrown up until that point, there was only four the whole game. And like one was a delay and one was a false start. So really not even that generally, right? And then all of a sudden the Logan Wilson ticky-tack hold. And you're like, oh, now they're going to throw this. Is this a makeup for the non-call on Higgins? And it was that juxtaposition that they hadn't called it all game. And then they did. That was so bothersome. And then the other thing, which is more of a macro, doesn't it bother you that, like, we had to endure so many regular season games where flags were just everywhere you could look. And then they, they managed to play a Super Bowl, and they don't throw any. Like, why did we have to sit through the whole regular season with flags? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't have a good answer as to why they officiate the game the good way in the playoffs, but not the good way in the regular season. That drove me crazy. Uh, it, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is, uh, they, they, the refereeing is in a weird spot in general because they try to massage the way that the game is called. They uh, points of emphasis go out every week. Uh, and the officials like are kind of poked and prodded to do things, call things a certain way over the balance of the season. Um, but then ultimately, yes, the, the mandate was seemingly, Hey, everybody who's from divisional round on, it was literally like, keep the flags in the pockets. Like if this is becomes like a, a refereeing extravaganza, we're toast because the product is struggling. If that's the, you know, if that's the state of things. Um, but, uh, to kind of go back a small step, I think your point about the missed extra point, I think ultimately that helped the Rams because it made McVeigh forced him to be thinking touchdown yeah. on that final drive. Yes. If the Rams point. have, if the Rams had the safety valve of, well, we'll we could just tie it with the field goal. Uh -huh. Like you, you might've seen even less aggressiveness out of him on that final drive. <laughs> and I think, so even I think less. needing awesome. even less. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. And that could have been, you know, that could have been game. Like if they settle for a game tying 2020 field goal, now all of a sudden, uh, you know, the stakes are a little bit different. You know, the, the, um, you know, the, the Bengals can literally just, uh, you know, play a different type. You know, they'll have all their field goals. Uh, you know, I mean, excuse me, they'll have all their touchdowns and all really only need to get in position for a field goal to win the game 23, 20, instead of, uh, send it to overtime 23, 23. So, um, but I think ultimately the fact that this game landed three feels right. The fact that the game stayed under felt, uh, a little bit, um, I mean, fair result, but boy, did this thing feel like it could, could have gone over at multiple stages. It was like, oh, man, this sure. thing's going to fly, uh, you know, five minutes left in the second quarter. I'm thinking like, what was the live total must've been in the mid fifties. It was, it got to like 53 um, yeah. or something. When I looked up, maybe okay. it got higher than That's, that at some point. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it, it felt like, okay, good gloves were off. Like Rams defense wasn't getting sacks or pressures really at that point. Bengals had some nice stuff going on offensively in terms of small, short, short, short over the top. Um, but uh, the yeah, third quarter was 43 a, points is wild. Third quarter was a blink. 
Like you looked it up was. and it was like, whoa, where did that quarter go? Oh my God. It was. I, I mean, the Rams weirdly, like they took the air out of the ball themselves for a lot of this game. And yeah, the, you know, the bank, you know, when you're getting stuck, you know, key third down sacks on, uh, you know, on, on defense and uh, you know, that does the same, has the same game shortening sort of, uh, you know, tendencies, but uh, yeah, boy, did this thing go by quickly. And um, you know, I think anyone who bet Bengals made the right play, but uh, yeah. uh, it feels like the total was probably wrong result. Yeah. I love the uh, that was the bet that I love the most. The Bengals uh, pre-flop felt good all day, and then the Bengals Bengals in game at plus three and a half felt good all yeah. game. So that that worked out very nicely. Drew, we could do two hours with you on this. We got to run sadly, but thank you for coming in Monday. Appreciate it, man, and congratulations. Gil, enjoy your time off. Thank Best you, luck. Buddy. Thanks you. Thanks. Congratulations on a great season. And good luck on tennis this week, my friend. Drew Dinsick, everybody at Whale underscore Capper. A little basketball break next with Dan Bespris, Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM, proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. That's eligibility restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay here as well. A uh, whole bunch more to talk about. Super Bowl 56. The takeaways, the implications moving forward. Some other news in the NFL, by the way, that came down uh, yesterday that we want to get into as well regarding both the Raiders and the Colts. Uh, we'll talk about that. By the way, so so was it uh, Mattress Mac had the biggest bets of the Super Bowl. He ends up losing nine-plus million on the Bengals. Seven of the next eight biggest bets recorded legally nationwide here in the state of Nevada. The only other one was a Colorado, someone in Colorado at DraftKings had a Bengals money line under parlay. 
loser because they want the money line on the Bengals. So, yeah, there you go. But seven of the nine biggest bets still in uh, in the state of Nevada, as it turns out. Let's have a little basketball break. Uh, Dan Bespers joins us because we never had a chance to uh, get Dano's reaction to the trade deadline. We bring him in from the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And, of course, sportsethos.com. What's happening, Dano? <laughs> Good morning, Gil. Hey, uh, I'm not allowing the football break yet. I, I follow football almost not at all. But the one thing I always remember is that on Super Bowl Sunday, you're going to get a whole bunch of extra dog money line bets. It's that weird day where the favorite on the money line usually has a little bit of sort of baked in value. That's right. Yeah, it didn't. You know, it didn't quite because the because the number got all the way to five at one point. And yeah. so it never quite went down far enough where it got like super juicy for most people to play. But the Rams money line gets home. We did get uh, sub minus 200. Uh, got as low as minus 175, I think, at one point when it had trickled down at the four, three and a half, four or three and a half point spread range. Um, yeah, I was going to say, for someone who's as immersed in basketball as you are, do you stop and watch the Super Bowl like any good American does, Dano? What happens in your house? You're darn right. There You're you darn go. right I did. Good. It was uh, it was fun. Plus, it was in my backyard here. I'm an Angelino, and, and, you know, we got teams back, so I should make myself care about them. But it was fun. Like, it was – I had a team I could actually – Route four, I put the kids in front of it. The older one cared a little bit. The younger one most definitely did not. Let's be honest, though. Can we just be honest about SoCal sports fans for a second? Just just me and you here talking. Nobody's listening. Yeah, front no. runners. Total front runners, right? Like if, the, if I, I definitely was on that one. Although I was, I actually got into the Lakers in like 95, 96. They weren't so great in the mid-90s. So that one I feel pretty good about. And then Dodgers I started following when I was a little baby. So I don't. Like, I don't even remember if they were any good when I was super little. I, they they ended up pretty good a few years later when they won it in 88, but uh, I don't remember. I was too young to care if they were winning or losing. I just liked being in the topmost seats at Dodger Stadium. You are so high up there, and I loved that as a kid. <laughs> I got to get to Chavez Ravine. All right, if we if we have baseball, who even knows we're going to have baseball? So right, yeah. uh, we didn't talk to you at the trade deadline, but um, the Harden-Simmons thing happens, and the Sixers send over... Uh, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, two first-round picks along with Ben Simmons to the Brooklyn Nets for James Harden. And we said it many times, you and I, it's like, okay, if you're the Sixers, listen, maybe you gave up too much. Maybe you did. Two first-round picks after all. But you cannot waste this Joel Embiid season. You cannot. You can't just let Ben Simmons sit there. you got to do something. And they went good for, good for Daryl Morey and the crew for, you know, hey, look, the Rams just won a Super Bowl going all in. So let's just remember what we saw yesterday. That's how they won a Super Bowl. You know, again, Cup and, and uh, Donald being there via draft. But the rest of the parts were all in by free agency or trade. And then... You know, look, here we have the NBA Eastern Conference futures now to the left, and the Nets are at plus 220, but the Sixers right there at plus 250 now. The Bucks, the defending NBA champs at 3-1, to one, obviously the defending Eastern Conference champs as well. Um, where does this stack up for you? Are the Nets, if, if, if I'm asking you without any knowledge of those odds, who's the real favorite in the Eastern Conference now in your mind? So I actually still think it's the Bucks if they begin to care, but this is a really good trade for the 76ers. Um, and then, you know, it's funny looking at those odds now, and I know I'm not supposed to look at them for this answer, but, you know, two weeks ago when we talked about the Celtics winning the Atlantic, this kind of blows that up a little bit too. Although there's well, a window here. There's yeah. a window. Arden's not back. Nope. Uh, the Sixers have a much tougher schedule. 
Boston is steamrolling right now. Um, Eight in but a it's, row. It's a, it's a, it's a cluster mess. It's a logjam in the East. It still is. But you're 100% right, Gil. It, I mean, the Sixers are two and a half back of the, the one seed in the Eastern Conference. If Harden comes back and is any facsimile of Harden, which we believe he will be, this puts them right at that top marker. Whereas I think before this trade, you put them, not you, but we right. collectively right. put them maybe one half tier below the top, maybe two teams in the Eastern Conference. This elevates them. It's smart. They had to go for it. And I think this is weird, too, because looking at the fans of the two teams, if you sort of push those aside, this is a trade where everybody kind of got what they wanted to. The Nets are sort of done with Harden. Even looking at Nets fans, they were done with him. They're blaming who they want to blame for whatever's going on out there. And the Sixers obviously have moved on from Ben Simmons for a long time. So the Sixers effectively turned a guy who wasn't playing into James Harden. And the Nets turned a guy that they that had checked out into a package of solid players, including Ben Simmons. I mean, it makes both teams better immediately, uh, but one of them certainly in a a less precarious situation, provided you know New York New York City rules don't change. All right, so you came on the show a couple of weeks ago, and you're like Celtics twenty five to one to win the Atlantic Division. Quickly had gotten all the way down to plus six fifty. Like you said, they're on fire. They won eight in a row yesterday. They came back from a ten point deficit at halftime to win. First time they have done that all year. They did so against the Hawks yesterday. Celtics are two games behind the Sixers. The Raptors are two and a half games behind the Sixers. I mean, we assume. You know what they say about assuming, Dano, that the addition of Harden will. Uh, I believe it's. I believe when, when when you assume, you regret what you said earlier. That kind of thing. That's correct. I believe yeah. that's the statement. So do you? I mean, do you rule out your bet now? You're just like, okay, well, that renders my bet null and void. Or are you like, you know what? Stranger things have happened. In oh this yeah. World. I mean, it, even when we even when we leaned into the bet, it was kind of a stranger things have happened type of scenario. The Celtics had the easier schedule. They were sort of sneaky better than people realized because of how good their defense in particular had been all season long. And the offense was beginning to show signs of coming around. Uh, it's not dead. I mean, they're, they're, they're only two games back. Anything can happen. Uh, Gil, you and I have texted about it. They're a, you know, a week and a half Joel Embiid injury away from probably jumping the 76ers, or maybe they're an Embiid Harden adjustment period away from jumping in front of the 76ers. There's a lot that can happen when you're only two games back at 25 to one, two weeks ago. I, yeah. you know, I still feel good about what we did, I would even if it doesn't work out. And if it's because of a hardened trade, I almost feel better about it because it was like, okay, fine. I bet 25 to one that the Sixers wouldn't pick up James Harden. That's a pretty good bet at that point. Uh, and the Celtics are still winning. So no, it's not dead. What well, stranger things have definitely happened. Meanwhile, talk about stranger things. The Lakers are five games below 500 and three and a half ahead of being knocked out of the playoffs. You don't <laughs> think, do you? You don't think for a second. No, no, they, I, don't, I don't think they're falling out. They actually looked as good as they've looked all season against the Warriors in that loss. If, if Clay doesn't go thermonuclear in Thermo, the fourth quarter, yeah. the Lakers probably win that game. Uh, they're not a championship level team, but I don't think they're falling out of the play. And just look at the teams behind them. That would be, that would be the most epic collapse of all time. The, the, <laughs> yes, it would. The Blazers, the Blazers aren't trying to win anymore. They're doing it by accident, but no, I think if the Lakers play the way they did against the Warriors, against most of the teams, the rest of the way, they'll probably creep into dare I say it, the eight seed.
Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> all the way to eight. How about that? All the way to eight. Yeah, sorry. All right, Dan, on the way out, any picks tonight? Anything? It's not quite MLK Day, but Valentine's Day has a, uh, has a bunch of, of NBA games, nine of them. A bunch, yeah, and a lot of really weird ones. I, I poured through this thing. I thought nine games, I got to be able to find something tonight. And the, and the truth of the matter is I really don't like the card. There's four or five games that are double-digit spreads, some games with players coming back. You know, the Nets are probably going to be working in some new bodies. If anything, I might look at the Kings, but I hate that they're laying three on the road in Brooklyn. That's a, a goofball number. Uh, Clippers at home was another one that I was glancing at, but sadly – I got nothing tonight. I got nothing. Nothing. The Brooklyn Nets trying to avoid their 12th consecutive loss. Yeah. You can't, I can't fade a team losing that many games in a row. Again, if we had had a prop before the season, hey, well, you know, well, the Nets, what will be their longest losing streak? 12 in a row would have been plus a bajillion and a half. Yep. At I least. Mean, yes, at least, at least. <laughs> Dano, thank you for the, uh, for the basketball nugget. We appreciate it. We'll talk next week or the week after. How about that? I'll be here. More football next. Jason Weingarten, Numbers Game Visa. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.